Welcome to the Sales Not Selling Podcast, where veteran sales professional Stacy Garrett will cover topics that will help you be more successful at sales without selling. Without selling. Learn tips and tricks for success, as well as ways to be your best authentic self. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Sales Not Selling. My name is Stacey Garrett. I've done sales for about 20 years And it is really crazy to believe how fast the time has flown by. I sell promotional products, advertising specialties, swag, or whatever you would call a product with your logo or messaging on it. These products are used to promote other products, services, or to give as employee or customer gifts. I'm in an industry that's roughly $25 billion, and it's pretty competitive. We're always facing challenges from tariffs, overseas manufacturing, low-cost online retailers, etc., But also, there's a pretty low cost to entry into the industry, which is what makes it so competitive. Even in this highly competitive environment, I have been able to successfully sell in the top 1% across the country for many years. Now, I'm not bragging, I promise. I just want to help you understand that it can be done, and it doesn't require you to live at the office or be considered a salesperson. In this podcast, I'm going to share my tips and suggestions on follow-up. I jokingly titled this podcast, Follow Up is Queen, but hey, it can be king or queen or whatever you want to say, but I think it can be the make or break of your success in sales. Follow up can mean so many things to different people. It can mean the action where you follow up with a client or prospect by giving them information you promised them. It can also mean following up on a prospect to try and get them to become a customer, or it could even mean following up on a project with a client, even if they're not answering you. First, I want to talk about following up with a customer or prospect with information they requested from you. The best way I can think to illustrate this is with an example. Last summer, I talked to my landscaper to see if he would be interested in doing a refresh of my grass area in my yard. It would help with the drainage, and I also wanted to see if he could do some bark dust and rock work. He said he was totally interested, and he would get me pricing. He got me pricing for the bark and the rock, and I told him that we were good to go. He came and did the bark dust, and after he was done, I asked if he was coming back to do the rock work, and he said, oh, I didn't realize you wanted that rock work done. I told him I did per our email agreement, and I never heard back again. Needless to say, I didn't get the rock work done, and he didn't get the extra $600 of revenue for his business. Whatever happened to that lawn fixing, you ask? Well, I never heard back from him on that either. So I called another company called AJ Landscape, and they came and gave me a quote within a day. And we've already approved the $2,000 project and have other bids we are considering for additional work from them. AJ Landscaping is not a large company. They just follow up with the information I asked for without me having to remind them. As it turns out, they're also quoting us our landscape maintenance because they've impressed me with what they've done so far. The moral of the story is my landscaper could have had this work. It would have been easier for me, and I already have a relationship with him. But because of his lack of follow-up, he lost thousands of dollars of business and put our existing relationship in jeopardy. Have you ever done this? Oh, I absolutely know I have done it. I have forgotten to send something that I said I would send. I mean, I am only human. And while I have an amazing system that works for me most of the time, things slip through the cracks. So how do you handle it? My recommendation is as soon as you realize you missed a follow-up, you reach out to that person and you own the mess up. I mean, think about it. If someone contacts you as a customer and tells you they are so sorry they didn't get you the information, they said they were going to get you, 
that makes a really big difference as opposed to just ignoring it. In my landscaping example, it took me an entire year to get around to getting the quote. So my existing company could have easily had that business. They could have easily said, oh, hey, sorry, I know I was supposed to do this and get you the pricing. Are you still interested in that information? And I would have been happy to move forward. I mean, no one is meant to be perfect. But if you admit to being human, you might just save the relationship. And who knows, you might even build some rapport with the person. The next kind of follow-up is to try and get the business or meeting. This is a hard one for people to do because they feel like they're being too high pressure or honestly just feeling like nothing is going to happen with this client or project. So they stop checking. I have done some of the traditional sales training over the years, but not as much as most people I would imagine. It always just felt so focused on the close and not enough on the needs of the customer. What I'm proposing here is a follow-up plan because you want to help the customer and in the end, help yourself. I have so many examples over the years where follow-up has landed me some amazing projects. I'll try to give you a couple examples to help give you nuggets that might be relatable for your specific business. When I first started my business all those years ago, I relied heavily on referrals and as many warm calls as I could get. There was one particular company that I felt strongly that I'd be a good fit for. They were a mechanical contractor that did a lot of work for one of my largest customers. I knew their customer base very well, and I felt like I'd be an asset to their marketing and business development activities. I got a referral into one of the owners, and she was great, but she wasn't interested in switching from her existing vendor. I'm sure this is something you have heard before. As always, I admire that kind of loyalty, but I told her, hey, I want to be your second choice if she ever needed it. I stayed in touch with samples of cool items, an email here and there with creative ideas, nothing high pressure, just staying in touch. Almost three years later, yep, you heard that right. They were not happy with the service that they were getting from their other promotional products company, so she gave me a shot. We worked so well together and I loved working on every project with them. We ended up becoming good friends and even started a bunko group together. If I had given up when she said she wasn't interested, then I wouldn't have had that opportunity. You'll notice in that example, I was in it for the long haul. I just felt in my gut that I could help them. I also didn't call, email, or mail her something every day. I gauged the situation and just stayed in touch until the timing was right. Another follow-up example is a project that I've done for the last couple of years for an electrical contractor where we do safety shirts for all of their field employees. It's a super fun project because I know the electricians in the field love getting good quality shirts. And I also enjoy seeing a large job site with their staff wearing shirts with the company logo. It's not a uniform that is required, but it's cool to see. This year, we started working on the project in about February for a May event. Then coronavirus hit and everything was put on hold. I could have just said to myself, hey, this isn't going to happen. Things are strange or any number of excuses because of the situation right now. But instead, I stayed on top of it. I even showed the clients some USA-made shirts in case they decided to end up doing them. I showed her a few things that might be cool artwork just to try and stay in front of her without pushing anything on her. And it helped. I am in the middle of figuring out the final artwork for this project thanks to some continuous follow-up. When I follow up, even if it feels like it is on the verge of too much, I will often note in the follow-up email that I absolutely don't want to be a pest. And if this project's not going to happen, that's totally fine. I will take it off my list. I also point out that I'm trying to help get the project off their list and onto mine to help them. Probably 50% of the time when I say that, I'm not trying to be a pest to a client, they'll come back to me and say, oh, you're not being a pest. Thank you so much for the reminder. 
reality is that most of my clients have a lot of things on their plate, and I'm sure yours do too. Our projects are just small pieces of their day-to-day work responsibilities, so things can often easily slip through the cracks, but it doesn't mean they're not interested. I encourage you to have a system for your follow-up. Every business is a little different, and honestly, so is every project. How can you create a system that works for you? I personally use a system that is a combination of a lot of different things I've tried over the years, and it's morphed into an Excel to-do list that I update each day and sort by priority, etc. A lot of the concepts came from the book, Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. I read that book just about every year. Well, now I listen to it on Audible. I also ask people that I work with that have great follow-up, how do they do it? I like to get ideas from the people that are providing exceptional follow-up to see if there's something I can get from it. Many people use their Outlook calendars for a follow-up, but I've tried and had trouble keeping it all straight with a lot of the meetings I have every day. The key here is to figure out how you organize your daily and weekly tasks and add your follow-up to that because follow-up is as important as anything else on your calendar. Another thing to remember is that just because you didn't get a reply doesn't mean they aren't interested. Sometimes they're just not ready to make a decision or your follow-up isn't compelling enough. Get creative. How can you provide value in your follow-up even? Show them you care even if you haven't gotten the meeting or the order. It's hard to strike the balance of coming across as a salesperson and a person that is providing a solution they believe in. Choose the solutions professional, and I think you'll get the sales more often than not. The biggest thing here is to not give up. I hope this podcast was helpful and interesting. I appreciate you joining me. Please feel free to find me on LinkedIn at StacyGarrett29. That's S-T-A-C-Y-G-A-R-R-E-T-T 29, lucky number 29 or follow my podcast page on LinkedIn or Facebook by looking up sales, not selling. I'm always open to suggestions and discussions about the podcast or other topics you want to explore here. Have a wonderful day and keep on being the best you.